All right, let's get ready to let's get ready to worship. Frankie, I think our crowd's kind of starting to get used to this. As our praise team comes forward to get ready to, to play, we're going to play and sing a few songs. But uh, God's word says this in Psalm 68. It said, uh, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered, and let those who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away as wax melts before the fire. So let the, liquid, or let the wicked perish before God. But let, the light, but let the righteous be glad. Let them exult before God. Yes, let them rejoice with gladness. I love this part. Sing to God. Sing praises to his name. Lift up a song for him who rides through the des uh, deserts. Whose name is the Lord and exult before him. Sing to God. Sing praises to his name. Lift up a song before him who rides through the deserts, whose name is the Lord, and exalt before him. Are we ready to sing to God tonight? Now, we may have a few visitors in here tonight, and I hope it doesn't get too loud. It won't be terribly loud. Frankie's sitting in front of one of the speakers, so he'll, he'll drown out some of it. But let's go before God and uh, ask him to receive our worship tonight. Father, we just thank you for allowing us to gather together in an old storage room that's turned into a sanctuary. Where the uh, upper, upper end of this little room here has a little makeshift altar. And we just pray that we bow before it tonight and bow before you. And I pray right now that you'll help us enter into a true heart of worship tonight. That what was done here and said here and sang here tonight would be pleasing to your ears and glorifying to you. Father, if it's anything but that, I pray you'll silence my voice. You'll break the strings on this guitar. You'll bust the heads on these drums. You'll just strike a, a lightning bolt on the sound system. Do whatever you need to do to stop us, Father, because we only want to do anything that is glorifying and edifying to you tonight. Father, but our prayer tonight is above this and nothing else that we understand who you are and that you're greatly to be praised. But even more than that, Father, I pray that something that's sung here tonight, said here tonight, seen here tonight, would draw somebody closer to salvation in your son, Jesus Christ. Through him, we have no other name that we call upon for salvation. Now, Father, there is no other bloodshed that can save us. Our bloodshed brings us to death, but your bloodshed brought us to life. And we praise you for that tonight. Father, we just pray you'll just be glorified through what's done here tonight. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. When the music fades and all is stripped away. And I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's of worth That will bless your heart 
I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it When it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus King of endless world, no one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours, every single breath. I bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required you search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my heart i'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you it's all about you jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it When it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm coming back to the heart of worship When it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it when it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. How you love me 
It's amazing. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me when I call. Is it true that you are thinking of me? That you love me? It's amazing. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. One more time. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. We try to do this one Sunday night, but we didn't have the words. We have the words tonight. Find strength 
to face the day. Sing it like you mean it. In your presence, all our fears are washed away, are washed away. find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away, are washed away. Hosanna, Hosanna, you are the God who jealous for me loves like a hurricane I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy when all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory and I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. And oh, how he loves us, oh. Oh, how he loves us, how he loves us all. When all of a sudden 
I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory. And I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. And oh, how he loves us oh, oh, how he loves us, oh, he loves us oh. He loves us, oh, how he loves us, oh, how he loves us, oh, how he loves. And he is his portion, and he is our price. Drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes, and if grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. An unforeseen kiss and my heart turns violently inside of my chest and I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way Father, we just thank you. Gosh, we just thank you so much for this night. We thank you already in advance for the message that's going to be spoke through a video through three pastors who went and poured their heart out in Nicaragua, pouring their heart out to other pastors. And we pray for those pastors right now that are facing so much adversity, facing so much trial and trouble and heartache in their families and their churches knowing that we can impart some knowledge upon them. And even though we struggle in our own churches, with our own church families, with our own people, our own sheep, I heard my pastor say today that he loves going to Nicaragua because he just knows the people that are starving and hungry for the word. Father, if our church would just be starving and hungry for the word, even here at home, take so much from us, Father, that we would have to depend on you. 
Help us to not be spoiled in our buildings and not be spoiled in our pews and not be spoiled in our, in our church buildings and not be spoiled by electricity and air conditioning and light shows and guitars and drums and all the other things. Let us not be spoiled from a, a, a style of worship. As I saw in this video in a few minutes, they're worshiping with no instruments on a dirt floor right outside of a front porch. And, Father, just help us to be content that we can worship outside under a tree. Let this not be about us. This is the first song we sang to you tonight. We're coming back to the heart of worship because it is all about you. And we are sorry for what we've made of it. We have made worship something that is so secular and so idolized that they idol people on a stage like Skillet and all these other people who don't worship you. They're out for making money. They're not out for the worship. Help us not to be that tonight as a church. Speak to our hearts now. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. I've got a treat for you tonight. One of my students, our youth, is going to come up and share her three words. Her testimony in three words. And as I challenged our church this morning in our Wednesday morning service, I challenged them on Sunday nights, and I challenge you, church, the rest of us, to know our testimonies in three words. What our life was like before we accepted Jesus Christ, what our life is like now that we accepted Christ, and what our life is like after we accepted Christ. And we can sum it down to three words. I won't show you my testimony tonight fully, but my three words are guilty, free but confused, and then evolving, ever-changing. I'll share that testimony a little later, but not tonight. But I'm going to let Haley come up here and share her three words with you tonight. Just a little aside here. I asked Haley a little while ago. I sent her a text probably about noon or so. And I said, hey, I said, do you, uh, I said, do you have your three words ready? She said, yes. One word, yes. I said, uh, are you okay with sharing it tonight? Or just put tonight, question mark. Yeah. I said, come on and bring it in. So I'm going to let Haley share it. I'm going to lower this microphone down a little bit. My first word is act because before I was saved, I mean, I've always been coming to this church since I was born. I just put on this act of like the perfect little Christian girl. I went to Sunday school every week. I answered all the questions, but I didn't really understand any of it. None of it really mattered. And then my second word was real because... Whenever I accepted God, it actually became real. I realized that he really is there, that I can't just act all the way through it. I can't fake it. And then whenever I was saved, I realized that God has a path for me, and he has a plan. Wow. And even when I stumble and fall and mess wow. up, that he's still there to pick me up. I still have that path to go down, and that he's still got that plan for me. Even when I completely reject all of it, that path is still there. I still have to follow it. We are encouraging our church, and we encourage you too. Share your salvation with three words. Mine are undone, the struggle of reasoning out my salvation, and today it's determination. I will finish strong. I will finish strong. And nothing standing in between me and my Savior. We are going to share some insights with you. Our Wednesday night, mission night, our spring break, most of us are out of school. Once we're in school, we might 
uh, burn up a little more time than usual, but you have to leave. Um, leave. There's restrooms around the corner if you need them. We have three pastors who are going to share a little from their hearts. And um, I would like to have a prayer before Brother Randy James comes and he can share on his heart. He needs no introduction. Sam Stevens is almost part of us. Sam's got special insight into what's been going on in his life and in Nicaragua a couple of years with us. And um, I think at the end of his testimony, you're gonna, your heart's going to be touched tonight with a little story he wants to share with us. But um, I don't know how you feel. A shepherd of this church with children and adults and young people in what used to be a storage room that now has become a worship center. Our church has decreased in size of worshipers and increased in magnitude of ministry. We used to have four times as many sometimes in our church worshiping, and we didn't do ministry. We did a few little things local here, but I have noticed even though we have decreased, there has been an increase in global vision. Thank you. Somebody's out there who's been with me for more than one year because having a number of people in a church is not what worship's all about. It's not even what ministers are about. Anybody can draw a crowd. That comes with color coding and social media and all that. Anybody can draw a crowd. Doing ministry is different. So we're going to hear ministry tonight and missions. Randy, come up here and stand by my side, and I'm just going to pray with you and let the Lord lead you. Um, Father, we thank you for these moments of inspiration. A lady who usually doesn't come to church was here tonight and got my mama's namesake, Miss Emily. She said, you know I love missions. She drove all the way from Florence, got to drive home in the dark. She's not a young lady anymore. And I just want to go on record to say thank you for a church like Mechanicsville Baptist where the people you have already positioned to see that the ministry, missions, and worship continues. And we thank you for this man, his uh, call down to High Hill, but his partnership and participation with us and these uh, global trips we make, this mission trip that not only here with the things like community changes, but he's an asset to what's going on with the ministry over in Nicaragua. Bless him and let him feel free to share his heart tonight. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. You are welcome. You have permission from this pastor. You have permission from this pastor to be in our hearts and in this house. In Jesus' name, and the church said, and as Chico would say, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. I tell you what, uh, I am so pleased to be in the house tonight. It is good to see each of you here. Uh, I was sitting and thinking, uh, boy, what, what, what have I got to share? What is it that I need to say, Lord? And uh, we can have preconceived ideas about what we might say. And I really don't know what I'm going to tell you. I really don't know what God has in store for us tonight. But one thing I'd like to say, first off, thank you so much for all who, who prayed, who participated, who planned, who packed, who gave. Uh, you were there. You, you, you were there. I've been blessed. And I, I do feel that it's an honor and a privilege and a blessing to have been able to now worship and have gone four years. And 
I, I told Brother Frank, each year has been so completely different. Uh, hard to describe and hard to understand sometimes. A matter of fact, um, one year I come back and I told my wife and others, I said, um, hmm, I, I can't tell you what the Lord has shown me, what he's done. I said, uh, you could have called me the prophet Jeremiah this week because that week I sat at the back of the seminary class other than the times that uh, I was called on to, to share and I just could not help but be broken. My heart was broken. Uh, constant tears. Con I, at the drop of a hat, my wife, uh, lover of the deaf, she said, I used to wouldn't cry, but everything makes me cry anymore. And I, I can understand that. And and it was difficult for me because when you come back, people expect you to give every little detail of what has taken place and what has happened and what did you spend our money on and was it really worth what we invested. And the only way at that time, and I, I, I'll get to where I'm at now. Y'all hang with me, okay? And, and the only way I could describe it is I, I, God would not allow me to share because I could not process it all. I, I could not unload it because I could not really take hold of the whole experience. I like it into where Paul said, I met a man one time and he went to the third heaven and whether he was in the body or out of body, I can't tell you. But I think in these times that I've been and in that particular year and from then I've been to the third heaven. I've experienced the, the power and the presence of God and the peace of God and the love of God. And, and, and I, I see a lot of these children tonight and young people and even some of our elderly folks and, and that is awesome. And you'll see that over there and they're just so loving. And boy, I noticed when, the, and I was included, I'm one of them full gospel pastors as Brother Mike says, I, I got my belly full. But when it was time to eat, we headed out like a, don't uh, don't take this in the wrong way. Like a cattle car, we was cattle heading to be fed. That's the way those people's hearts are when it comes to the things of God. All right, they have a desire for the things of God. And the first year I went, I tell you, I I was out on the field with Brother Jacob, and he liked to kill me. No, and Jacob and I, we uh, did went with the young folks primarily, and I got to teach one, one session that year, and it changed after that year, but uh, we were <laughs> dressed in a clown suit. We didn't know what we was doing, but we was playing with the kids and giving out tracks and candy and blowing up balloons, and the heat got to me. I like to pass down. Sister Silver said, here, come over here, sit down in the bus, drink you some water. And from that moment on, I went each day other than the day I was in the seminary class with the ones out to the villages. But when the young people were ministering, there would always be a crowd of adults that would gather around by the school outside the fence or something. And me and Chico and whoever, we get together and we preach. It's the gospel. The other years as well as this year, I've been privileged to be able to remain in the uh, seminary class. Well, you just soft preacher. You want to be there because of air It did help. I ain't going to lie to you. I thank God for it. But it was intense. What that heat took out of me that first year, the Spirit of God wrung out of me each year in that seminary class. Because those people were so hungry and we prayed about what we did and, and 
Brother Frank and others had planned for the year what is the, the, the material that we were going to share and, and pour our hearts into those pastors' lives. They come from all over the place and, and they slept on floors like this at night with a little thin pad that they'd be there in the morning that they could hear the teaching of God's word. And at the end of the week, we give them a little certificate. It meant mean nothing to most people, but to them it was greater than any college degree or seminary degree that could have been bestowed upon them. And through the course of these years, got a chance to identify with some of those pastors. I know their face. I know their name. I can't speak the language, but we speak a language. We speak a language and we look for one another. And some of them call me by name and I can call some of them by name. And it was just uh, an awesome experience. And this year was no different, just more intense, a lot of prayer. And that, that's, I think that's been one of the key successes of the trips that I've been a part of. It doesn't matter what it is, we're going to pray about it. One year we had a, a, another group come in and blend with us and there was a little bit of tension. And we stopped in the middle and we addressed it and we prayed and the spirit of God come in and the devil had to go. Prayer, power and prayer. There's preparation on the part of, of you and your pastor uh, encouraged you to pray and fast earlier in the year leading up to this. I personally participated in some of that, but honestly, I, I may not pray and fast like others do. My Lord really has to impress upon me when I go. He usually pushes me into fast, brother. If you don't understand it, you will one day. But I had this opportunity on Tuesday night. Brother Sam had done brought a major word, and I'm not going to uh, rain on his parade. He'll share that with you. And it was my time and to speak to a community. But that night before, the Spirit of God so impressed upon me and fell upon my heart, and I prayed and fasted all the way for a 24-hour period of time from the night before through the seminary class to that night in the square. I don't even remember the name of the place we were at. I was just kind of zoned out and zoned into Jesus. It seemed like the teaching was just strong and, and abundant during the class, but then that night, they come from everywhere. Uh, we, we, I was having a hard time. I was trying to, to hold on to my Bible and a, a few little notes I thought I had, but then my lips went out the window and the wind was blowing and we didn't have much light. But there's people everywhere and they were barbecuing over here and people sitting on buses and, and I was given an assignment to, to share with them about Healing and hope. Healing and hope. And God directed me through Acts 3 where Peter and, and John came to the temple and the man lame looking for alms that they would receive something in silver and gold have I none. But such as I have give unto thee in the name of Jesus rise up and walk. But I, the Lord through that, it, wasn't just, it was different. I don't know what all it was because God changed it in midstream, and it was about the beautiful gate whose name was Jesus. Maybe here tonight you need to walk through the beautiful gate. Maybe you're lacking help and hope, and maybe you need some kind of healing, and I believe God's presence and his power was there to heal. And it was, and 
It was a different type of invitation. There was an initial type of invitation, and one man came, and he came to know the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, us preachers, we like a crowd. Tell the truth, stay in the church. But I knew I, it didn't disappoint me because I knew I had been obedient. And then there was some more singing uh, by, by the locals in worship, and then there was another invitation of healing to come if you needed healing, if you needed prayer. And they come from everywhere. Everywhere, and, and we, we ministered and worked with the crowd. And uh, this young lady, the first time she's been our interpreter this year, and don't know her name other than she said, Call me Jojo. And Jojo worked with me, and we prayed for different ones, prayed with some with a blood pressure issue and high blood sugar. But there was this one in particular situation that just grabbed my heart. There's this woman, and she was wailing before the Lord. And had her little daughter, I guess it was, her granddaughter in her arms, just yelling and wailing to God, almost screaming out to him. And I asked Jojo, what's going on? She says she's praying for her daughter. She's got problems with her eyes. She's, she's possibly about to go blind. Mm. I had an opportunity to pray for that woman. I told our folks, and I believe it with all my heart. I can't prove it. Got no documentation. I believe God Almighty, his power was present to heal. I believe God Almighty healed that young girl's eyes. I believe it as sure as I'm standing here. And nobody can tell me different. Why do you know? That's a confirmation from the Holy Spirit of God. See, you don't know what God has in store Unless you become obedient. I'm so thankful he's given me opportunities to be able to go. Because each year he has provided the means differently. And I'm thankful. I am. You know who you are. Some here, some not here. In my resources, I didn't have any. But my father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And he provides and I don't know why he called me and why Brother Frankie asked me to be on the team and other than God intended for me to be there. Somebody asked me the other day, are you going back next year? I said, well, I've already been told about the material next year, if God willing. And I'm not going to say no. Because God may be saying go, and some of you here probably maybe have said no before. But God might be telling you to go. Now, wait a minute. It's not a vacation. Are you listening? Yeah, there's some good times. There's some fun. There's a lot of work in it, darling. There's a lot. You, you, you spend yourself. Now, there's some good times, and they give us some little extra, especially on the way home, but it's not a vacation. And if you're thinking you're going taking a vacation, you need to stay home. Don't, don't even sign up. And don't you even attempt to sign up unless God's Holy Spirit is talking to your heart and saying, hey, I think I need to go. And if you're, and if you're pushing from it and saying, no, 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 chances are you're supposed to go, go, go. So keep that in mind. We, we ministered to pastors. Pastors, you know, I, I've not complained, but I've told people since the Lord transitioned me into full-time ministry, my salary is not near what it used to be when I worked a full-time job. It's not. There were times and have been times it's been tough. Now, don't misunderstand me. God's blessed and he's provided. But Man, I'm a millionaire compared to what some of them pastors make. I mean, some of the stuff we throw away, the, the 
bubble gum we chew or the drinks we, we drink or the coffee we drink could support a pastor and his family for a month over there, or maybe even a year. We just throw it away on stuff and we, we think we just got to have it. Who knows, God may lay upon your heart to give up something that you may give something to another pastor that doesn't have what we have. Pastor like Brother Santos, Pastor Jose, Pastor Kenneth, my Lord, Kenneth, Kenny, actually. First year I got to go, we went way up in the mountains and on the school bus and had to park to the side and put a block under, or a rock under the wheel and walk down this old dirt road for probably half a mile or so to get to this church. And it was by the river right on the Honduras border. And Pastor Kenny was the pastor. That's the first church. Sister Jane was there. First church that I, I, I got to preach at the first year I went. The midnight hour. Pastor Kenny, about each year, has been back to these seminary conferences. Pastor Mario, Mario, he's, he's kind of out there. Everybody knows Mario, but Kenny. And I noticed Kenny this, this year, he's sat kind of in the back in the corner. Kind of quiet. God's Holy Spirit worked and dwelt during the, the week and, and usually God leads us in, in a, a foot washing ceremony and prayer and an anointing one another and, and I just noticed Kenny all week. He just kind of sat back there. I, I didn't know how to really take Kenny at times. Honestly, I thought that uh, maybe he just didn't care for us people from overseas coming to see him. He, he'd act nice, but I found out something different about Kenny. Before I left, he come up with Chico, the interpreter, that on the graduation day, and, and he had Chico said, I want you to pray for me. See, folks, we've got problems. Preachers have a, a hard job sometimes. Uh, and I'm not saying that for you to, you know, whine and, and carry on and pat us on the back, but everybody's always coming to them, pulling and wanting something out of them. And that's part of what we do because we're the, we're the under-shepherds. But Kenny's heart was broke. Kenny loved the Lord. He was trying to serve the Lord, keep his family going. Most of them work jobs and pastors as well, and I know somewhat about vocational work, but it's probably nothing like we do. And his wife had left him. She had moved back to San Salvador, I believe he said. And his heart was broken. He was struggling with his wife being gone. Took his children. And still trying to love them and serve the Lord and pastor. My heart was broken. I can identify with Kenny. God allowed me to pray with him and for him. And I prayed God. I prayed that God would uh, allow some sort of reconciliation if possible. But if not, a restoration in his life and in his ministry. See, we're all the same. I don't care where you come from. Whether you're in the United States, whether you're in Nicaragua, whether you're in South Africa, we all have a need of a Savior. And we all have an enemy whose name is Satan. And he comes not but for to 
steal, to kill, to destroy. So pray for one another. Pray for your pastors. Pray for your leaders. Pray for your children. I thought I was going to share something funny and God hadn't allowed me to. It's something funny that happened, but I'm not going to. I can't do it. If you want to know what it is, ask me afterwards. I might share it with you. But I don't know if this is what you expected or not, but this is what the Lord laid upon my heart. The Lord has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. And it's just broke my heart, and I'm so concerned that every time I cut on the TV and hear something, our nation is in a downward spiral, and we are becoming an ungodly nation. And things that used to really concern the church and concern people, it does not mean anything. We are, we are being attacked at every curve and every corner. We're intolerant. We don't love people. People are, are born that way. You know what I'm talking about. And we do love them. We can't love the sin. But we need to show them the Savior. And there's going to come a time in this United States, I pray I never see it, but I'm afraid we may, or we won't be able to do what we're doing right now. The other thing I want to share with you really quickly is this, and I want to see that in the United States and in here and in my church that I serve. At the beginning of the week, we gathered together, and I was asked to give the first devotion, and God laid upon my heart Isaiah chapter 6. King, the, the time that King Uzziah died. And I just share with the young people that God, we've got to come to a point of death to self. And when we can come to that point of death to self, we can be like Isaiah when he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, glorified. And my prayer for that week, and he, he come through, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. And I saw God's glory. Show me something new. Church, he wants us to see his glory. He wants to show us something new and he wants us to be something new. To be something. Quit being phony. Quit playing church. Get serious. Get on your knees and pray. And I'm talking to me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love him more than you've ever loved him in your life. And let him use you as a willing vessel. A willing vessel. Quit fighting him. Fight for him. We thank God for High Hill. And uh, Randy, I love you. Thank you for your heart, man. Sam Stevens, come on up here and speak to us. And Share with us what's on your heart. This is about eternity, not about time. Hey, y'all. Can you hear me okay? Good. Well, I just want to share just a couple things with you. One of these is just an aside. It really doesn't have anything to do with the trip, but it's really just a word of encouragement for you all. It's just this. God did not design us to live off of spiritual highs. You know what I mean by that? Like for many people in this church every year, you get really involved in community changers and a lot of your young people pitch in. It's a wonderful time. 
for the grown-ups and the young people, and, and it's a spiritual high. I think it's safe to say around here it affects the whole region. It affects so many churches in our association get on board, <clears throat> and it's a wonderful thing. But God did not design us to just cruise on that. For those of us who went to Nicaragua, I mean, you heard some very powerful testimony from our brother Randy up here, and, and that's great, but God's design is not for Randy to get one year, two years, three years, four years on down the road, not do another mission trip, and just kind of cruise on these past memories. And a lot of you, you know what a spiritual high is because you've had it. Maybe it occurred at a revival. Maybe God touched you during a particular service. Maybe you were involved in an activity or event of some type. And you have kind of allowed that to be an anchor point, a stone of remembrance, I think the Bible would call it. And you look back on it, and it's precious, and that's good. But you can't live off that any more than you could if you went to the finest restaurant in the world and had the world's most famous chef prepare you a meal. And you sat down with your loved one or your significant other, somebody special, and you just had this memorable event of a meal. And you went home, and you said, you know, I don't think I have to ever eat again. I don't care how good that meal is, you eating breakfast the next morning because you need to sustain yourself. And a lot of people don't know this. If, if I were to ask you, what's the highest mountain in the world? What's the tallest? Not the highest, but what's the tallest mountain in the world? What would you say? Just had a guess. Tallest mountain in the world. Everest? Great guess. Most people would say Everest. You know, the tallest mountain in the world is Mount McKinley because the height of a mountain is measured from its base to its top. And Mount McKinley's almost at sea level on the bottom. Now, Mount Everest is the highest mountain above sea level, but its base is way, way, way above sea level. And see, the spiritual highs in your life will be much more powerful and significant if your baseline, your sea level, is already higher. So if your walk with the Lord is such that when you go on a mission trip or when you engage in community changers, when God allows you to do something special in your life and he inspires you that much more, you're going to be that much higher if your baseline is already way, way above sea level. So I just want to give you that as an encouragement to keep your walks with, with him fresh. Um, second thing I want to tell you, and I wanted to piggyback on a story that Randy told about a healing service that happened one night. It didn't, we didn't mean for it to happen. Randy just preached, and then somebody had the idea, I think it was maybe one of the, the host guys down there, let's, let's have an altar call of, of healing. And Jolena, JoJo, who Randy had mentioned, she came up and stood next to me because Frankie called some of the pastors to stand there out the front. He said, you know, y'all come up here and be ready for the people. And we were, and Jolena said, Pastor Sam, I'm with you. Well, that lasted about 10 seconds because everybody started coming, and somehow she and I got separated. And, y'all, I had a bunch of folks around me that didn't look anything like me, that didn't speak a word of my language. I didn't speak a word of their language. They were like pressing on me. You remember when Jesus was being pressed in on and the woman with the issue of blood was just pressing on him? It was like that. And these people had their eyes closed and their hands were lifted and they were just pressing on me. And I felt so utterly helpless. I'm like, I, I can't communicate with these people. Even if I spoke their language, I couldn't hear them because y'all remember it was so loud because the band was playing and everyone was one of these kind of kind of rock concerts of prayer where people are just shouting to the Lord. And I couldn't even hear him. I couldn't even hardly hear myself. I said, Lord, I don't, I don't know what to do for these people. And the Holy Spirit just impressed on my heart. He said, they don't need you. They need me. He said, you just stand there and I want you to do, all I want you to do is hold up your hands and you be a symbol of me before them. You don't got to speak their language. You, got, you don't have to know what their need is. I know their need. 
And they're not calling out to you. They're calling out to me. So you be there and you uphold your hands above these people. And you just be a symbol of my blessing over them and their presence, my presence in their midst. And so I just stood there just like this. And I just was praying to myself like this in English. And they're praying. I'm Spanish. I'm like, Lord, you know the need. God, I just prayed you meet this need. Lord, this woman who's right here in front of me who's crying, I don't know what she needs, Father. You know all things. You know the number of hairs on, your, on her head, Lord. I just pray that you meet her where she's at right now. God, this sister who's come up here, Lord, I don't know what she needs. And so it went. And so it went. I just stood there and just praying. Every once in a while, I'd reach out and touch somebody. And I'd look over at Frankie. Frankie's over there anointing somebody. Somebody else is praying for somebody. But I just, I just stood there. And I just represented God. I wasn't God. But I couldn't do anything for them. And I share that as an encouragement to you because are you there sometimes? Do you feel like the need of, of people in your life is pressing in on you and you can't help them? I got a friend right now. Y'all, I've been, I've been without a church for almost two years now. I mean, we have blown through our life savings just living on that, seeking God's will. You know, it's, it's been tough because me and my wife, we like to give. We're in a position where our, our, our giving we just trying to put food on the table for our own daughters right now. And I got a friend, he and his mama are about to lose their house. And maybe two years ago, we could have wrote him a check for a couple months' rent. And now I'm like, I, I was talking to him, and he's just crying, and he said, I'm like, Bo, I wish I could do something. I can't do anything. And God said, just be me in his presence. Just pray for him. I can provide for him in ways you can anyway. And I share that with you all because maybe there are people with needs in your life, physical needs, spiritual needs, financial needs, and you don't know, God, I, I don't know how to touch this person. I don't know how to reach this person. I don't know how to serve this person. Just be God to them. Pray for them. Be there for them. Allow God to use an anchor of faithfulness and love and compassion in their midst. If you can do for them, do for them. If you can, if you can help them out financially, if you can help them out when they don't have a job and they, they, they need a car and they need a ride for an interview or something, do what you can and trust God to do what you can't. And so don't take my words as an excuse to do nothing. Andy Stanley, man, he's, you know, he's Charles Stanley's son. He pastors a big church in Atlanta. He's got a great line in, in, in one of his books where he says a lot of times at churches, they'll be hesitant to help somebody because they throw this line out there. They say, well, if we do it for somebody, we got to do it for everybody. And Andy said most of the time when people use that, they use it as an excuse not to help anybody. So help somebody. He made the point that Jesus isn't always fair. Do you remember when he healed that guy the, at the temple who was waiting by the pool? He had to walk across a whole lot of crippled people to get to that one guy and heal him. And he didn't heal anybody else that was there that day. So a lot of times God's not calling us to heal everybody, but who's that person he's putting on your heart? Who's that person he's putting on your mind? Who's that person he's leading your church to help? And don't dare say, well, we, we, we can't do it for everybody. God's not calling you to do it for everybody. He's calling, it, calling you to do it for the person that he's led you to, that he's put in your sphere of influence. Be faithful with what God has given you to do and trust him with the increase and trust him with the response. Our second night down there, we got there on a Friday. We really got there on a Saturday. We left on a Friday morning, got there on a Saturday morning. We got there about 3 a.m. Saturday. The good, or the good thing is we had all day Saturday to rest. And Sunday night, I had the privilege of, of preaching at the first evening service at uh, Prince of Peace Church down there. And uh, our second day there, we were, we were having a little prayer get-together. We were faithful to do devotionals every night together as a team. And we'd go in around circle sharing. I said, you know where my heart is right now? I said, it's back home with my family. It's with my wife and girls. 
I said, because, you know, right now, my wife is taking care of four little girls, ages seven and younger, by herself. And she's working part-time and has a babysitter coming in. And I'm not there to protect. I'm not there to help. I'm not there to do anything. I'm, I'm down here enjoying this spiritual high, and she's back there doing all the grunt work and all the labor. I said, I'm going to be honest with y'all. My heart right now is a couple thousand miles that way with my family. And I just, I, I, I'm worried about them. I want to be there for them. I want to be there to protect and serve and do all the other things that a loving father wants to be there for his family. And I just felt like the Spirit of the Lord was, was telling me, you know, when you step out and serve me in faithfulness, you know, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will take care of themselves. Well, that night, let me read you a text message. So, and, I, and God brought to my mind a scripture. I don't have the reference with me, but a couple days a year, if you go in the, into the Old Testament, the Lord told the males of Israel to gather for a couple of different feasts in, in Jerusalem. didn't matter where they lived. They were supposed to leave their homes and go. For some of them, it was a town next door. For some of them, it was probably 100 miles or so to Jerusalem to worship. The families could come, but they didn't have to come, and sometimes they couldn't come because maybe they were old, maybe a wife was pregnant or something like that, but the males had to go, and God promised the men this. He said, if you go and you're faithful, I will take care of your families while you have left them behind. Now, you think about that day and time when there were raiders and bandits and armies all around that didn't like them. It took a huge step of faith for the men of Israel to set out and go to worship God and leave all their women folk and old folk and babies behind. I mean, that was a tremendous cause. It wasn't like they could call in air support that was always only 15 minutes away. I mean, if they left them, they were vulnerable. But God's saying, I got them. I want to read you a story about how powerful our God is that, that has them. So this was me the night I went to go preach, and I'm texting my wife. I said, I'm preaching at an evening service tonight. Probably start preaching around 7, 7.15 or so. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, that was my text. I said, pray, love, exclamation points. She said, all of us will pray together. I said, thank you, praise the Lord. We went, we did our thing as a team. We got back later that night. I got this text at 6.58 Nicaragua time, about two minutes from when I was scheduled to preach. I didn't see it till I got back tonight. Back that night, this is what my wife said. This was waiting for me when we got back home from that evening service. Samantha, who's here tonight, you're going to meet her in just a minute. Samantha prayed with me to trust Jesus as her Lord and Savior and asked to receive the Holy Spirit into her heart, mind, and body. Powerful. And I wrote back, best news ever. I said, I am numb with gratitude. And our last day there, one of our last days, a lady comes with some, some little baskets and stuff. And I saw this one. And, and Samantha loves collecting treasures. And she has these little things she likes to put treasures in. And uh, Frankie bought this basket. I said, Frankie, could I buy that from you? He said, why? I said, well, Samantha likes little things to keep treasures in. And it reminded me of that passage about God calling us that, you know, jars of clay that were just these simple earthen vessels. And he puts this powerful presence of the gospel and the Holy Spirit in our lives and that little basket kind of reminded me that it's a simple, perishable thing that treasures are kept in. And I hope that Samantha would keep her treasures in this basket as a reminder of her salvation and the treasure that God has placed in her in the gospel. So I'm going to hand this mic over to Frankie and let him say a couple words to Samantha. Samantha, come here a second. You see this little basket? This is like a little clay pot like you. Look inside of it. 
You see it? Empty like the tomb of Jesus. She's already starting to preach. This is your little vessel, like a clay pot, like you're a little clay pot. But now you have Jesus in there. He's in your heart. And when you take this home, this is like a little clay pot, which you are. And I want to pray over you because I asked Daddy, we're going to have a baptismal service this summer. And Daddy's going to be talking with you. And it'll probably be one of the mornings during the midweek services. And we're going to ask you to come and be baptized. Would you do that? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> she's not, you can tell she's not a Baptist. She would have said, blessed be the tie that binds. You know I'm just kidding. Let's pray for little children who take a step toward Jesus. Daddy was preaching, wanting to be home with his family. And daughter gets saved while he's in another country. Father, we thank you for obedience and little Samantha. Thank you that she doesn't bring a hidden agenda, quoting the books of the Bible, which I learned basically before I got saved. I could spit them off rapid fire because I like the microphone. <laughs> Ain't had nothing to do with Jesus. <laughs> I just learned the books of the Bible. But I thank you after I met him. They mean something different. My little clay pots got a light in it because the light of the world is Jesus. Take this little clay pot, Samantha, and may she look to the church for strength, equipping, learning how to study the Word. Thank you for a mama like Jacobed, Emily Tanner, Michelle. Wow. He's not up here. He's in the back. He's in the back. If she was not in the back, we couldn't be in the front. So we thank you for those who are in the back in our lives. Bless that woman. Thank you for this salvation experience and this story in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to, let's give the Lord a hand. Our, uh, our final part of our program will be spent like a movie in just a moment. We're going to cut the lights off and we're going to show you something and we'll have a prayer. But I need to do one thing before I do this. Ashley, would you come up here? You don't have to go to Nicaragua to find needs. I'm going to ask this young lady to come up here. Um, not too long ago, a family came to me all dressed up in suit and ties and had Bibles in their hand, sat in my office, and I pulled out some cash money and gave them. They said, we'll see you soon. We'll pay this money back, and they never did. And it's okay, because I've had many losses in my life. This woman had a, a note today with her name on it and number, and uh, I started not to call her, and I called her. She expressed her need to me, and I said, we're having church at 6 o'clock. I said, do you mind if we pray for you? She's staying in a motel right now. She's definitely looking for uh, some expense money. Um, I could probably give it to her right now. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to pray for her. We're hoping that she'll find the housing she needs. She's found something, and I thought the Lord wanted her to come tonight. The next person who calls, I might not ask them to church because it will be a different time. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you're going to show people things and needs in Nicaragua and you can't even talk about the needs in your community? So if this is a real need and it's Holy Spirit, you can talk with me or her. 
So I'm not asking for anything. I've already heard the message tonight. I'm asking him. He puts in our hearts and lays on our hearts what we should do. All of y'all won't get on the plane in March. A few of you might. And I am convinced it'll be the ones he speaks to. Listen to him. Go sit down. <clears throat> We're going to watch a, a nine-minute video, but I want to say this first. To, to my church, especially and to other people, <clears throat> what you're going to see is a surprise to me. It still is. I, I thought I was going to the ocean to preach and have a baptism under a thatched roof, but as soon as I got into a little place called Corinto, which this church and some sponsorships have um, purchased a piece of property, and a disco house that's going to be renovated into a mission house. That's in the process right now. This is the first sermon that preached on this property. You'll be able to see things you don't see here. Some of them you might laugh at. It's their culture. It's not ours. And uh, I don't think most of it is X-rated, but there are things on the tape you'll see that's their culture and it's their tradition. So you watch them, but at this particular service, there were five people saved, and we had seven already, and I think Kim baptized about 11 or 12, 11 of them in the water. But the pastor told me there were five people saved at this particular service. So watch. You're going to have to listen if you're young. You're going to have to listen for interpretation, translation. It's a rapid fire. We'll have a prayer when we leave. But I'd like for Mechanicsville Baptist Church and all who come to know that out of this mission and vision project in the last 10 years, 12 trips for me, this is what's come out of it. A brand new church with the vision of strengthening four churches in Leon, Chinandega, Vihoja, where you preached, and another little village I can't think of the name of. Pastor Francisco, Pastor Leon, Pastor in Leon's name is Mario. He's the one with the radio ministry. Pastor um, uh, Manuel and Hermano. His name is brother. Hermano is brother. Brother, brother. I said, brother, brother. You my brother, brother. Hermano is his name. I said, Hermano. He said, no, no, no. Pastor Hermano. And Hermano, I'm your brother, brother. And those four churches, the goal is in 10 years, I don't want to say strategic plan. God's plan would be to reach 50 communities and possibly 10 other churches. That's part of our vision and mission. But here's where it starts, at a place called Corinto. And Hannah, where's Hannah? Thank you, Hannah, for your dollar and 25 cent, your white socks. We planted it, and here's what it's doing right now. Thank you for who have given, you who believe, and here's an expression of your faith. Here they are, Frankie, building your boat for the big lake over here. It looks to me like we've seen some big fish. These boats cost about $200 a piece. You slap that motor on back. Oh, it leaks a little bit, but that's what you do is you just put your fish in there and it keeps you fresh. Hope you enjoy. Love you. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. This is the first service, the inauguration service at the new mission house, Corinto. This is a surprise, a joy, a dream come true. What a glorious time.
y bendito nombre porque tú eres bueno y para siempre es tu misericordia. Gracias por el don de vida, gracias Padre porque nos has traído hasta este lugar y hemos venido para honrarte. Que continúa. This is the beginning of a new road. Este es el principio de A new church. Una nueva iglesia. Hallelujah. One day I will be dead. Un día yo voy a estar muerto. One day even the Amadeus may die. Who knows? Dios me ya va a estar muerto también. But when we are gone, Pero cuando nos vayamos, the road will still be here. El camino todavía estará acá. Jesus said, I am the way. Jesús dijo, yo soy el camino. I am the truth. Hallelujah. I am the light. Y soy la vida. And the Bible says, la Biblia lo dice, in Leviticus chapter 8, el, to take a little of the anointing blood, que tomes un poquito de esa sangre unción, the blood of Jesus, for us, para nosotros. in the Old Testament, it was a sacrificial lamb. Era la del cordero. We don't have to do that. No tenemos que hacer eso más. Our sacrificial lamb is Jesus. Nuestro, right. eh, cordero de sacrificio, Jesús. So we do not have to put blood on the children. But we can anoint the children. And Moses told Aaron. He said, call the little children to the altar. And he said, take a little anointing. And put a little blood on the ear. Put a little blood on the ear. And put a little blood on the ear. And he said, take the hand and put a little blood on the thumb. And take a little hand and put a little blood on the thumb. And take a little pray for these children. But I want to explain to you what just happened. This is very important. Come here, Cam. Where is Cam? Right here. I got you. Right, you can trust me. Put a little on the thumb. Lord have mercy. We're going to take these three children. And we're going to lift them up to the Lord. Then we're going to go to the beach. And have a baptism. But let me explain to you what we just did. Ordained ears. To hear the gospel. Teach and preach the truth. These children should have ordained hands. To handle the word of God. To handle the issues of life. We have to teach them. We have to train them. These hands need to work for the master. These hands need to be dedicated to him. These hands need to be on If you hear, and if you feel, then you will walk for him. The Bible says, blessed are the feet of those who proclaim the gospel. We used to sing a little song in our church. Be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little ears what you hear. Be careful little hands what you touch. And be careful little feet where you walk. 
sus pies donde andarán. Oramos. Thank you for this Ebenezer moment. Por este momento de We want Ichabod out of the house. Ya no queremos que se vaya tu gloria We de la want casa. our children in the church. Queremos a los niños en la iglesia. We want them to learn the Bible. Queremos que aprendan de la Biblia. We want to learn to hand, teach them to handle the issues of life. Queremos, Señor, que aprendan y que entren esos asuntos de la vida. We want them to be the right people. Queremos que sean la gente correcta. In the right place. Y en el lugar correcto. And their feet. Y sus pies. Y en la senda correcta. Because Jesus. Porque Jesús. He knows the way home. Él conoce el camino a casa. The Bible says. La Biblia nos dice. And they brought them to Jesus. Y los trajeron a Jesús. Father, before I left my house. Padre. I was at two funerals. One was a little baby, 17 months old. I did another funeral. The girl's name was Nikki. She was five days old. And the sermon was entitled. In his arms. We put these children in the arms of Jesus for protection, for provision, especially for peace. Because Jesus, he knows the way home. We give him praise and glory. Thank you for this Ebenezer moment and inauguration of this property. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.
Padre, que tu gloria venga en el nombre de Jesús que tu gloria venga que tu gloria venga Señor que tu gloria venga sobre ella y sea libre su hogar, su casa y su vida Señor gracias por el favor en el nombre de Jesús de Nazaret las hermanas que van a presentar Padre, no hay un